Wouldn't it be nice to be all-powerful? Wouldn't it be nice to have no emotional dysfunction? Now, careful, I didn't say have no emotions, for those of you who are getting excited. Emotions equals good, all right? Imagine to have no emotional dysfunction. Basically, wouldn't it be nice to be a powerful unit? That would be fantastic. It would be lovely. Dixon, where are you? You can tell us what it feels like. But someone has said that absolute power corrupts absolutely. So if you had all that power, what would become of you? Can anyone be trusted with absolute power? You might be thinking, yeah, of course I could be. Can you be trusted with absolute power? Well, let me ask you a few questions. You have power over your words. How's that going? <laughs> Do, are you wielding good <laughs> all the time? You have power over your behavior towards others. How's it going? Do you really want absolute power? You have power to love your neighbor. How's it going? Maybe it wouldn't be quite so nice to have absolute power. <laughs> I'm afraid of what I might become. Isaiah says, though, that there will be one in the passage at Margaretos. There is one who will be born, who will have the government upon his shoulders, who will have absolute power for all time. That's scary when you begin to think about it. What would he be like? This child born. He says to us, this child is born, and the government will be on his shoulders. One with authority and power. Children are born to a family or to a lady and a man usually in a family. So when Isaiah says here, to us, to all of us, a child is born. It's a little unusual, right? Michaela and Julian just had a baby, Lena. Very gorgeous. Lena belongs to all of us. <laughs> just wanted to get that out there. Unto us, unto all of us, a child is born. To each one, this child doesn't belong to just a mom and dad, it belongs to all of creation, to all of humanity. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, the son is given, Isaiah says. A child is born as to Jesus' human nature, the son is given. Makes me think of the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his son, his one and only son, as to his divine nature. That word... God gave his one and only son is the word monogenous son. Monogenous. Mono meaning one. Genus is what? Genetics. His one-kinded son. The one son who is as he is. He is God as to his divine nature. He is the as God is son. We're all sons and daughters of God, but we're not like Jesus. We're not the son who is as he is. For unto us a child is born and the Son is given. And He will be given authority or government or rulership. Okay, now I'm nervous. What kind of ruler will He be? What kind of wisdom will He have? What kind of power or strength will He have? How will He use that power? How long will He endure? What will it be like under His rule? Well, Isaiah describes it for us in the verses we're looking at. What He will be like and what His character will be like and what the nature of His rule will be. Isaiah gives Him these names that we've read, the wonderful counselor, which Mark preached on last week. He's the wisest, most wonderful 
counselor in all creation. He has the perfect plans. He knows all things. He is the sum of all wisdom. Jesus is the wonder of a counselor, not the unhelpful, angry counselor, which when I yield my words, I've often been. When I take the power of my words, I can often be unhelpful. (laughs) Jesus is the wonderful, perfect counselor. He knows all things. You can be assured that Jesus is wonderful. You know, if you want to know something, you ask someone who's in the know, right? When I had a tree leaning over my house, a giant tree, I didn't chop it down myself. I went to Steve Nelson. I said, Steve, can you chop this tree down? If you want to chop a tree down, you might ask Steve. Now, I also said to Steve, Steve, just be honest. If you don't know how it's going to go, just tell me. And we'll get someone who has insurance <laughs> to do this. <laughs> you ask counsel. I didn't. I had no knowledge. Steve said, "No, he has enough knowledge to chop the tree down," and he did. Well done, Steve. If you wanted to become a great actor, you might ask someone who can act. You might have Daniel Day Lewis or Meryl Streep or Vin Diesel to teach you. How <laughs> to, you might ask them, "Please tell me everything you know." You would ask them to learn from them. Well, Jesus knows everything. He is more wonderful than you could ever imagine. He knows how life works. He knows the grain of life. He knows how human flourishing occurs. You need to hear him and come to him, the wonderful counselor, to ever have a chance of human flourishing. There is no greater wonderful counselor, not Steve Nelson, not Vin Diesel. No one can make it. Only Jesus is the wonderful counselor who knows all things about life. It is him and him alone. We come to and hear. His ways are more wonderful than you could ever imagine, but you have to abandon your ways. And Mark preached last week on the wonderful counselor. He's also the mighty God. What is the nature of this king who will rule forever? He is the mighty God. He has the power to execute his plan. He has the power to execute his wonders. His promises are only as good as his power to execute. Imagine a counselor who not only has good advice, but also has the power to execute those plans. Imagine you went to saw a counselor and you said, these are your problems and this is what you need to do. See you later. Hope you you get it right. (laughs) That's most counselling. They don't come with you home to sort out your issues, do they? You can come back and get some more help next week. But imagine a counsellor who comes with you, but also has the power to change you and also has the power for you to give you to execute the plan. This is Jesus, the mighty God. He's not just a wonderful counselor. He's not just the armchair coach. Anyone seen an armchair coach? Or uh, you know, sitting at, watching, watching the tennis, watching the footy. Oh, they should do this. They should do that. Come on, change the plan. There's a few nervous people out there. A few wives are very happy. Armchair coach. Jesus is not the armchair coach. He is the mighty God. He can accomplish his purposes, and he is the empowerer of all those who come to him. Not only is he the wisest and knows what life is about, he is the mighty God. Alec Mortier translates this verse, he is the warrior God, the champion, the one who wins, the defeater. He's no armchair. He is the warrior who's who's entered into the battle and who won the battle. He is the warrior, the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father, it says. Everlasting, His rule is eternal. He has the greatest plan. He can execute it. And how long is it going to last? Everlasting Father. 
He can never be defeated. His rule is eternal. He is the source, the father of all things eternal. He is the originator of creation and time and eternity itself. Anything that is eternal depends on Jesus, the eternal father. If you want anything eternal, Jesus is the only place to which you can come. And he tends and cares as a father ought to. He is the tender, caring Father, the eternal Father. He will never leave you or abandon you. He is also the Prince of Peace. I'm giving us a quick summary here. I don't want to take everyone else's sermons <laughs> for the next few weeks. But He is the Prince of Peace. He knows how things work in reality. We don't, by the way. We often think we do. He has the might and the power to execute it. It will be eternal. It will be graciously done in a lo- by the loving tender care of a father, and the result will be peace. What a savior. He is peace, which is real and ultimate. Peace is the principal feature of his kingdom, not chaos, but order, not strife, but peace. True flourishing, the evergreen, the not withering, this is the gift that every human heart needs and longs for, and it is found in the Prince of Peace, the result of his kingdom. And so we see that God reveals himself to us through this child, through Jesus, this child that is given, the son that is given, and Christmas is an opportunity where he reveals himself to us. It's another one of those opportunities. Jesus is given for you and to you. You can receive this gift again. If you've never received Jesus, you can receive him as this gift. If you have already received Jesus, you can come afresh to the mighty God, the Prince of Peace. His plan, His wonderful counsel will endure for all eternity, and His might will lead to peace. My might will never lead to peace. You can ask my family. Jesus' might leads to peace. The government will be on His shoulders. What a relief. Anyone want to just breathe out for a moment? What a relief that the government is on his shoulders, not upon ours. No one else is up to this task, only Jesus, the mighty God. Let's focus a little bit on Jesus, the mighty God. Jesus is the mighty God. Why? If he is to be the mighty God, he must be above all things. He must be over all things, surely. There could be nothing that's more powerful than him or nothing that is too much for Jesus. Is Jesus really the mighty God? Well, in John chapter 2, he turned the water into wine. There you go. Game over. <laughs> the mighty God. <laughs> he transformed water to wine. Why? Because the elements have no control over him. He controls all the elements. He can transform anything from one thing to another. He can create anything. He is the mighty God. Jesus is the mighty God who can transform anything. Do you have something that needs transforming? Believe and trust in the transforming power of Jesus. Jesus, the mighty God who transforms water into wine or anything into something else. Darkness to light. Sorrow to joy. Jesus, the mighty God, the transforming power of Jesus displayed in the simple It was not even a difficult job for him to transform the water into the wine. Jesus heals the official son in John chapter 4 who comes to him and the the person, the son, is at the point of death. He's sick unto death. And Jesus simply speaks and says he's healed. 
Wow, look at the authority of Jesus. Is he enough? Over sickness and disease, Jesus just speaks and it's gone. Surely he is the God Almighty. What kind of authority is this? Jesus is the mighty God who heals all of our diseases. Jesus heals or feeds rather the 5,000. John chapter 5, Jesus' power has power over any lack. There's not enough bread. That's easy. <laughs> Jesus feeds the 5,000. Look even higher beyond the food. Jesus said, beyond just the purely natural, Jesus said, not only did he just feed the 5,000, he said, I am the very bread of life, all of life. I am the wisdom of life. I am the life, the power of life. I am real life. Is there anything that is lacking in your life? Jesus is the bread of life. He is the real source of life. He is the sufficiency for all lacks. There is no other sufficiency. Do you lack? He is more than enough. Jesus is the mighty God who is our provision. Jesus displaying. Jesus then walks on the water. John chapter 6. Are you beholding Jesus? He walks on the water and he says to the storm, be calm. Jesus has power over every circumstance, every situation, the dangerous ones included, the unhelpful ones, the scary ones. Jesus has authority even over the natural elements, but even over our circumstances. Jesus himself calms the storm. Jesus himself is our peace. Are you in a storm? Do you have trials? Do you have fears? Jesus didn't, uh, he wasn't unaware that they were in the storm. Do you know that? Have you ever wondered about that? Jesus knew, did, I think, who knows their Bible? I think Jesus sent them out there, right? Anyone read their Bible? Jesus was aware that they were, I think he sent, I'll have to go check it out, but you, I think he sent them out. He knew they were gone. I don't know if he sent them, but either way, he knew what was about to go down. He knew they were in a scary circumstance. Maybe you were in a scary circumstance. Jesus knows about it. But he is always greater than the storm. Jesus has authority even over the storm, even if he sent you there. He is always greater than the storm. In fact, the circumstances help us to make Jesus greater than our storms. Our circumstances help us to make Jesus greater than our storms. He walked out on the water and calm the storm. Jesus is the mighty God who rules even every circumstance. Is Jesus the mighty God? Well, yeah, he rules over disease. He can create, he can transform. He has authority over circumstances and situations. John chapter 9, he heals the blind. He has compassion on them and reaches out and heals the blind. Again, think even deeper. Of course, we already know he can heal disease and sickness. He can heal the blind. But Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Those who cannot see, I can open their eyes to see the wisdom of God, the beauty of God, the glory of God. Jesus heals the blind. I am the light of the world. Are you struggling to see? Are you in a dark moment? Are you in a deep, deep darkness? Psalm 23. Can you not see your way ahead? Jesus is the mighty God. He is the one who is the light of the world. He is over even blindness, physical, spiritual, 
all kinds of blindness. He is the mighty God. In fact, Isaiah says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And those who dwelled in the land of deep, deep darkness, on them the light is shone. Jesus, the mighty God. Jesus cast the demons out. Can I go on? <laughs> Jesus cast the demons out. Luke chapter 9. Jesus has power over Satan. Are you under the grip of demonic power? Jesus is the mighty God. He has authority over the demonic. He just speaks and the demons release their grip. Jesus has authority even over the unseen demonic realms. And then John chapter 11. Jesus has the power even over death. He says to Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus resurrects himself. Or Jesus resurrected him, I should say. Come out. Wow. Who is this that has authority even over death? And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the one who rules even over death. Do you have a pending death problem? I answer, yes, you do, in case you are unaware. <laughs> you have a pending death problem. Only Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the mighty God who rose from the dead and who raises the dead. Jesus is the mighty God who makes the ruins come to life. Jesus makes the ruins come to life. Jesus wonders and miracles demand an explanation. Who is this that does all these things? Surely Isaiah is talking about Jesus. There's no one else who is God. There's no one else who is mighty in all these ways. The explanation can only be that Jesus is the mighty God. Praise God, He is mighty. Actually, He defeats all of His enemies with such ease. They're not, like He just speaks and it happens. He's got no problem. He's not, he's not raising a sweat to try to accomplish a job. Yesterday, I laid a whole lot of bricks somewhere in my, in my house and I was sweating and crying and complaining. Jesus has no sweating problem. He has no complaining problem. He defeats His enemies Easily. The circumstances are no match for him. Sickness and disease is no match for him. There is nothing that is a match for Jesus. He is the mighty God. He barely, he raises no sweat and he defeats his enemies. Well, that's the kind of army I am joining. In fact, praise God, I've already joined it. And the possibility of victory is 100%. Woohoo! I like those odds. I'm not a gambling man, but I like those odds. I'll take them. Jesus has a 100% chance of victory. In fact, He's already completed it. He is the mighty God. He is the mighty God with no odds against Him, no defeat possible. He is glorious and full of glory. He is the mighty God. He is the perfectly wonderful counselor, the everlasting ruler. The government will be upon His shoulders and the result will be peace upon peace upon peace. Oh, wow. Jesus, the mighty God, praise God for this name, the mighty, mighty God. There is none like Him, and I'm so glad I didn't try to take the job. Who would like ultimate power? You know that sin makes us weak? You know that we are not mighty? We are not mighty. We need one who is mighty. We are foolish. Sin makes all of us fools. 100% of us fools. There's another good stat. 100% of us are made foolish by sin. I think about 90% of us think we aren't made foolish by sin. And I include myself in that statistic. 
We are foolish, but ultimate wisdom has come. Perfect wisdom has come. Trust him, the wonderful counselor. We are weak, very weak, but ultimate power has come. The mighty God is come. Trust him. We are perishing, but the eternal Father has come. Trust him, the everlasting Father. We are in our sin, we are in strife, we are in anxiety and brokenness. But peace has come in the person of Jesus. His promises are only as good as His power to deliver them. And He is the mighty God He can execute. The mighty God alone can remove the burden of sin and death. And Jesus did. It's not a hope. You know, this, this passage has a bunch of past tense in it. The, the scholars will tell you. It's all past tense. They have seen the light. It's dawned on everyone. There's great joy. It's all in the past tense. These things are so certain, you can put them in the past tense. We're not wondering about them. Will Jesus get there? Will he be able to find joy? Will he be able to rule all things? It's all in the past tense because it's so certain. There's no doubt. There's no possibility that Jesus could ever be dethroned or removed from his joy, from his purpose, from what he's done from being the mighty God. We arrive at the battlefield, at the war of life, to find that the war is won and we can rejoice. The increase of his government and peace, there will be no end of the increase of his government and peace. There will be no end. Were it not for Jesus, we would still be under the yoke, the burden, the rod of oppression, trampled underfoot in the battle, but where can hope be found? Where can sin be defeated? Where can death be defeated? Oh, yes, it can. Is there anywhere that this can happen? Yes, it can. Jesus, the mighty God, has conquered. He's done it. What a mighty God. It is defeated. And now, He rules forever. He has done it. Sin is defeated. The wisest plan is available. The wonderful Father, the, the everlasting, eternal Father is kind and gracious and available, and peace is available. It is done. It is available. The mighty God has done it. Jesus. Now I want to crank it up further. Jesus is the mighty God, but He also promises that He will be with you and in you by the Holy Spirit. Think about that for a moment in the light of the mighty God. You're just, your mind should be blown right now. This, the mighty God that we just described, then said, I will be with you and in you by the Holy Spirit. That is mind-boggling. That Jesus is with you and in you by His Spirit. The mighty God now walks with you and promises to love and care and lead you. I want to crank it up one more time. That's truly amazing, but one more. Not only did He promise to be with you and in you, but the mighty God promised that He will complete His redeeming work. All of all things, and big news flash, all things includes you. The mighty God who is with you has promised to complete His work even in you and in me. He will complete His transforming work of making you into the image of Jesus.
which is his primary work, by the way. He will complete his work, making you an evergreen, flourishing human. The mighty God who is available, who's conquered all, who is with you and in you, will complete his work in you. And that's what he's doing. If you're in deep darkness, he's able to bring light, and he promises to do it. The crippled man was crippled, it said, for 38 years, but Jesus came to him at a point and rescued him. Jesus is able to complete his work. If you've lost joy and you have, you're anxious, Jesus is able to bring you peace. He will complete his flourishing work in you and make you evergreen. And we might just crank it up one last time. Not only that, but Isaiah ends this passage with, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. If you were thought, Josh, that's lovely, I just don't think I can do it, thank you. Well done, you finally, have, you're ready, because God will do it. The zeal of the Lord, the energy, remember I said earlier, wouldn't it be nice to have unlimited energy, <laughs> not to take so many naps? Well, here is Jesus promised that his zeal will accomplish all of this. He is the mighty God, and he promises to do this. Jesus is the mighty God, the one who changes darkness to light, the one who changes deep darkness to great light, the one who turns bondage into freedom, as we read in Isaiah, the one who turns sorrow to joy, the one who turns death even to life. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Trust him, and he is able to turn darkness to light. What are the dark areas of your life right now? I want to tell you there is a mighty God. There is a mighty God. Circumstance, relationships, physical health, mental health, darkness, sadness, demonic oppression, lack. There is a mighty God. And His name is Jesus. For unto us this child is born, this son is given. When this child was born, the shepherds said, let us go and see this wonderful thing that God has done. We are invited. Come and behold him. Come to him, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. We are invited. Christmas is this opportunity. God reveals himself. Jesus is given to you and for you. You can receive this gift afresh. What shall you receive? You shall receive Jesus himself with you and in you by his spirit. You shall receive the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, the promise of glorious light, glorious joy, glorious freedom, glorious peace, all real and infinite. Wow. With the power to execute Jesus, the mighty God. Do you have a real, not a traditional or cultural view, but a real personal knowledge and experience of Jesus, the mighty God? Do you experience it? Not do you know about it? Josh told us four points and I know those. I'm asking, do you experience, do you know experientially Jesus, the mighty God? Are you coming to him this morning? For unto us, unto me, unto you, this son is given, and he is 
the mighty God. I'm going to hand over to Mark now for communion. I want to encourage you. I hope I've painted a wonderful picture. I haven't given too much application, but I hope I've given you a wonderful picture of how mighty he is, how all-sufficient he is, how nothing is beyond Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance to you. And may he give you his peace. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.